This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. All rights and credit go directly to its rightful owners. No copyright infringement intended. Welcome to the pilot episode of My Guria, and I am your host, Jules Finley. This show is uncensored. I repeat, this show is uncensored, and it's going to stay that way. You may be asking yourself, what the fuck is My Guria? It is, quite simply, a culmination of shit that goes on inside my head, but now available to you, the listeners, as a podcast. Today we'll be discussing why the show exists, plus other musings and observations. So sit back and listen to this fucking disaster of a show that will probably not make it past one episode. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I want you to know up front, this show is going to be uncensored, so if you have, if you're of the faint of heart, don't like to be offended, probably should go listen to something else. Not that I'm going to go out of my way to offend anybody, but I just don't care if I do, honestly. Um, my name is Jules Finley, and uh, I should probably explain what the name of the show means. As you can see, the show is called My Guria. It's a word based on two words slammed together that describes something that deals that I deal with every day in my life, or at least almost every day. A migraine and diarrhea, or both at the same time. If I'm real fucking lucky, that is. I mean, that's a great day for me. Um, so, yeah, you take the words migraine, diarrhea, you get migraria. It doesn't have to just mean having a migraine and diarrhea, though kind of felt like it's a good word to describe how disorganized my brain is and how I have way too many things just filtering around, useless information, stuff that doesn't ever, stuff that never gets me anywhere in life, apparently, because if it, if it was, I wouldn't be unemployed doing the show. Oh, and right on cue, fire trucks going by. Isn't that nice? Well... At least there's some action so far in the show. So why does the show exist? Um, well, friends of mine have been, been asking me for a while now, hey, why don't you do a podcast? And I'm like, okay, why? Why would I do one? Why would anybody listen to this? I'm still wondering why anybody would actually listen to this and why I'm bothering to do it. But like I said, or at least I was thinking, I don't know if I said this yet, I have no fucking short-term memory, that it is 2020, it's during the COVID-19 COVID lockdown, and I'm bored as shit. So, given that I am bored and people have asked me to do this, I figured, fuck it, all right, I'll do it. I also have a, a very, very, very far in my career history, a background in broadcasting, I actually went to school for uh, broadcasting back in 1994 and into 95. I was about 18, 19 years old at the time. 
And I really enjoyed the audio engineering aspect of it. I actually kind of liked the the announcer part of it as well. But I always liked the kind of on-the-fly on mixing of, like, you know, the big mixing boards, as well as, you know, we had to do real tedious work. Like, we had those giant reel-to-reel machines that had the long streams of tape. And in order to edit, you'd have to, like, remove the machine and remove the reels from the machine and then, like, take the tape, put it in this little, like, uh, metal block that has, like, a kind of like a, um, an indentation in it where you would, like carefully place it on there and take a razor blade and cut the cut the edit rate when you have to know where you want to edit and you'd have to know how much you were going to edit so this is a lot of like this is a lot of stuff that you'd have to like time and look at to see how much you know tape you're going to remove from the reel and then you'd have to botch it back together with some kind of adhesive that it's a t- it's like a, a tape adhesive, um, but it's I guess the only way I can equate this is to anybody who had a cassette player, and you'd get a, a tape stuck in the machine. You know, after pulling the thing out, you'd have to like find it where it was destroyed, cut the pieces, and then scotch tape it back together. Well, this was the more exact formula of that, and it's it was a very tedious form of editing. A lot different than what's available these days on on even your fucking mobile phone, for that matter. Um, so, like, I have that background, and I didn't last in it. And I'll tell you why I didn't last in it. It's because it was also TV-based, and um, I had some real asshole instructor tell me, Hey, you gotta, you really, um, you gotta, you gotta face for radio. And I'm just like, fuck you, man. Like, this guy had a lot. This guy was fat, bald, had a fucking mustache. His breath smelled like feta cheese, and he was actually picking on what I look like. Apparently, this was more of a result from the one one of the days we were doing like a uh, like testing of um, you know lighting and coloring, and I had to be the test subject on the set. And me being as pale as I am, apparently the the camera couldn't. Uh, Camera couldn't focus right because I I had like blanched out and um, left like kind of like burn mark um, traces in in the lens from the amount of uh, contrast that apparently how pale I am like f- fucked up the fucked up the the lens or whatever for at least I don't know a half hour it was kind of doing that but aside to that I mean the guy was just being an asshole and um, he just didn't like me. Because <laughs> I don't think he liked any of the females in the in the curriculum. He was kind of an asshole to all of us. But he was a he was particularly rude towards me. And you know that wasn't the only reason. But there was more than one instructor that just rubbed me the wrong way. And I just kind of could see the writing on the wall that that was a profession that would just go nowhere. And I'm right. I was definitely right about that. Not that the career choices I have chosen since then have been much better. Um, but at the time, I could tell radio was was, was dwindling. Then um, it just wasn't worth it wasn't worth me spending any more money in a college curriculum that I wasn't happy with. So, but before I go any further, what I did like about it, I did like. I did, I did like the, the doing the announcing, even though I am rusty as fuck, as you can tell by the way I'm speaking. I stammer. 
I pause too much. Even though I had voice and diction training, it doesn't matter. It's been over 25 years since I've used it. But I did find that kind of part of it. I did find it intriguing. All right. As far as another reason why I'm doing this is that, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't really like podcasts. So why would I do one then? Well, like I said, I was... People ask me, and I'm bored enough at this point to do it. And I actually, I actually find most podcasts boring to listen to because, I don't know, it's just people kind of... Every time I've listened to one, the only one I've ever heard that I actually really liked... Actually, there's two that I liked. I liked Bill Burr's podcasts, and I like the one Jarvis Cocker does for BBC. Other than that, I have not liked any podcasts I've listened to. I feel like I'm going to fucking fall asleep listening to this shit. And it's usually some jerk-off or jerk-offs talking about something that they're kind of trying to one-up each other about. At least that's just the ones I've heard. And I'm like, who the fuck? Why would anybody want to listen to this shit? Well, enough about that. On to some rules about this show I'm going to place up front. As I, I already said before, it's uncensored. And I think if you've gotten to this point, you can tell that it's uncensored. Uh, I am not going to be talking about politics, social injustices, and I'm not going to be doing any fake PC bullshit to appease anybody. So if you're coming on, if you want to listen to this and you're thinking, oh, well, she's going to like get on a soapbox for my agenda. Yeah, you can go fuck yourself and do your own podcast then because that's not how this is going to be. I guess at this point, I'm going to stop with this um, patchy monologue that I'm trying to come up with here because you know it is hard to talk to myself and I have had to, I've had to try this more than once but I've had a fucking migraine all week <laughs> and diarrhea <laughs> didn't feel up to doing it but today for whatever reason I'm not quite as bad as as usual so let's get going with this show and I'm going to play some music and I'm going to focus on the letter a in this broadcast excuse me <laughs> Not broadcast, podcast. I, I hate this word, podcast. Broadcast is a much better word. But in this show, I'm going to focus on music, and at least music that starts at the letter A. And this could be... I, I'm going to lean more towards bands, artists, or whatever that start with the letter A. So what we're gonna, who we're going to start with here is a band out of Scotland um, from their 1982 album. This is the Associates... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Their 1982 album, Sulk. This is the associates with Club Country. The fault is, I can find no fault in you. It's all to say it, or I'll say it for you. If we stick around, we're sure to be looked down upon. What better way, or should I say? We're all the sickening of the country club 
to listen to My Gurria, that was The Associates with Club Country from their 1982 album Sulk. What a fantastic and unusual band they were. Anyhow, let's move on. I actually want to encourage you, the listeners, to go to the website that hosts, that I do this podcast through. It's anchor.fm, and I have a section on there where you can visit the page for the show. But what I want you to do is it gives you this uh, option to leave me a voice message. And you can do it with your phone. You can do it with your desktop or laptop if there's a microphone enabled to it. I would love it if some of you would leave me some kind of message. I don't care what you say. I actually hope it's like, I hope it's the, the more ridiculous, the better. And if you have some ideas you'd like to pitch or if if it's good enough, I mean, if your response or, I mean, not your response, but if your your message is amusing to me enough, maybe I'll have you co-host a show with me at some point. So where you have to go to do this is anchor.fm, and that's spelled A-N-C-H-O-R.fm slash migraria, that's spelled M-I-G-R-A-R-R-H-E-A. 
you go to the send message button on the screen and you you can record a, a voicemail for me and maybe I'll feature it in a future broadcast. Excuse me. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Anyhow. Other things I wanted to uh, cover in this show, other than just music, is uh, I think I'll talk about um, the most recent film I watched. And I caught it on Amazon Prime. I was just looking for, I don't look for really new films on there. That's probably why I like Amazon Prime better than Netflix, because I think Netflix is just sort of, I think it just is sort of catering to a certain agenda, millennial audience, shit that's newer. I mean, I don't really see much on there that that's of interest to me anymore. At one, at one time it was good, but I think it's got, it's gotten really, it, it's, it, there's clearly an agenda there. An agenda I don't feel like being, I, 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 you know, when it comes to agendas, I'm not, I'm not, I'm never entertained by an agenda. Okay. That's what you do for more like an emotional or sense of purpose fulfillment. When I want to be entertained, I don't need to hear anybody's sh- fucking shit. They're whatever their political slants are that, you know, I'm just going to stop right there. I don't even want to fucking go that far, but back to what I was saying. I saw this movie on Amazon prime and it was, uh, a take on a really old story, a really fucking cool old story. It was, the film was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hype. Not Hyde, but Hype. And it starred Oliver Reed, and it was from the early 80s. It's very loosely based on the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story by Robert Louis Stevenson. <laughs> but in this film, it takes place... It's, it's probably in the United States, I guess, not in London like the, the story takes place in. Um, and uh, Dr. Jekyll's played by Oliver Reed. I didn't recognize any other other, other actors in the film, just him. But that was why I watched it, because he, he's fucking cool. Um, he plays Dr. Jekyll, but instead of, like, how the story really goes, um, Dr. Jekyll is, like fucking hideous like he's got he he looks like a monster basically he's so gross that people like cringe when they look at him you know and he hates himself because of it oh and before i go any further this this movie is actually a comedy it's a black very pitch black humor comedy but it was a comedy no less and he the character of dr jekyll that um, Oliver Reed plays. He, you know, like I was saying, he hates himself, and he works as a podiatrist in a, a in a clinic with two other doctors. And uh, there's a doctor who, <laughs> who apparently treats depression by tickling people to death, and a doctor Hinkle that um, is trying to come up with a, a cure all for being obese. So Doctor Hinkle comes up with this solution that. Um, makes people lose a massive massive amount of weight quickly but they can only take a small a small dose of it or it would kill them so of course you see like these uh morbidly obese women walk in his office and then like 15 minutes later they're like they look like uh playmate models you know (laughs) it's totally ridiculous but so as uh dr heckle um he falls in love with some uh, one of his patients that he, that he sees in his podiatry clinic. And, you know, that's kind of, that comes later in the story as far as the, the importance of that. But um, he's about to kill himself with a fucking pair of scissors. And Dr. Hinkle comes in and tells him about his 
is his invention of this serum that makes people skinny. And um, he notes that he goes, yeah, if somebody took too much of this, they they would just disappear. They would they would um, vanish because it would just it would kill them. So he he enlists Doctor Heckle to look after his serum because he does he wants to like you know work out all the problems with it before it can go you know before it could be marketed properly. So since Doctor Heckle was planning on killing himself anyway, he's thinking, oh, here's a great way to kill myself with this with this serum. I'll just take all of it and I'll just die. That's not quite what happens. This serum has. Um, a mind of its own, apparently. Um, he takes it. He's still alive. He's pissed off, so he goes to bed. He wakes up because his body goes through a transformation, and it isn't going from f- like fat to skinny. He goes from ugly to like what no- what Oliver Reed would normally look like out of costume. And um, in-, in his mind, he's the most attractive man on earth. And he expect it, the the transformation. What it does to him, it, it, he thinks he's the most attractive man, and he expects every woman to fall in love with him or fuck him, for that matter. <laughs> and things don't quite go as planned. And that's where I'm going to stop talking about this film before I give away the whole plot, because there is more to it. But it was it was definitely silly. Um, I I recommend it. It's it was a good way to escape the fucking reality of what it's like living in this world right now for at least a, an hour and a half. And uh, yeah, I try to watch at least one film a week, and um, that was the one I watched this week. I could probably watch more, but as I said before, I usually have a migraine every day, and I'm not really up to watching a film. So we're gonna get back to. I guess our scheduled programming, which I wouldn't really say scheduled since this is pretty free form and stream of consciousness to begin with. Uh, we're going to move on to more music. And next in line here is another band that starts with A. They come from Norway. You might be, you probably already know who I'm talking about. It is AHA. From their 1986 album Scoundrel Days, here's Manhattan Skyline. Sit and watch umbrellas fly I'm trying to keep my newspaper dry I hear myself say My boat's leaving now So we shake hands and cry Now You know I don't want to 
Unfortunately, COVID-19 has really taken a hit to the job market, and I should know. I'm somebody who's currently unemployed due to COVID-19, which is why I have time to actually do this show. One of the things I have noticed, and this is going to be, maybe, it, it may or may not be a reoccurring segment, but I, I think this is this is comical in a very sick kind of way, is um, I'm going to look up because I have to peruse job boards daily anyway. I'm going to read the description of a current job opening in my area that is... It made me cringe reading it, but at the same time, I couldn't help but laugh. And it's not the first time I've seen this ad. I've seen this ad several times. I think I think it's, it's probably posted every day, because I don't think anybody, unless you are a complete fucking psycho would actually want to do this type of work. So, without further ado, here is um, this week's shitty job. Job title, Crime Scene Cleanup Assistant. 
Uh, I'm not going to tell you the name of the company because I don't want any, you know, some bullshit, like defamation of character, whatever. I'm not really defaming anything. This is what this advertisement says. Blank Company has an immediate need for a crime scene cleanup assistant located in, well, I'll just leave that blank too. If you are passionate about helping people during times of tragedy and you enjoy working in a hands-on environment, we invite you to apply. This is your opportunity to join a growing company offering a competitive wage structure and benefits. Job Overview. We are seeking an assistant to the supervisor who is hardworking, has empathy, has excellent communication skills, strong problem-solving skills, effective in conflict resolution, and is a motivated self-starter. While prior experience in the biohazard industry is a benefit, it is not required. The company provides comprehensive training and certification on safety and compliance, biohazard cleanup process and procedure, and customer service. We are committed to training our assistants for success. Your main responsibilities. We'll work hand-in-hand with the team to clean up after situations like suicides, homicides, unattended deaths, or accidents. In absence of the supervisor, he or she will lead on all on-site customer interactions, estimate the project scope, project management, the cleanup. You will document and process paperwork. You will also aid the supervisor in coordinating logistics and travel for the team. Ongoing training of process and procedure and safety compliance. You'll be responsible for inventory management and you will oversee maintenance of location and truck. Your basic qualifications are high school diploma or equivalent. Must have valid driver's license and acceptable motor vehicle record. Oh, here's a nice one. Be available on call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Occasional overnight travel, including multi-day travel. Ability to lift up to 50 pounds. I would probably say that might be higher. You have to have strong communication skills. um, Competency in project management, organization, attention to detail, and time management. Proficient with Microsoft Office applications. Uh, preferred qualifications, previous supervisory, supervisory experience, background in construction, demolition, restoration, or experiencing using hand or power tools preferred. Oh, I can only wonder why. Two plus years of successful technical service or field sales support experience. Prior experience that demonstrates a strong work, th- work ethic and ability to multitask. Um, that's it. Um... I am not going to leave the link for this. I am, I'm not even going to tell anybody how to apply for this because if you actually wanted this job, I don't even, I don't, I can't even begin to understand why. Um, but yeah, that's the shitty job of the week here on my Guria. back and thanks for listening to my guria you just heard at least before the last segment or break you heard aha's manhattan skyline from their 1986 album scoundrel days and the reason i chose that one is because i felt like the song had a lot of um changes throughout it It didn't seem like a song 
where you could tell where it was going right away. It seemed like it could have been like a love song ballad, and then it just changes gears, and then it almost gets cinematic and then theatric, and it just kind of shows how dynamic the band really was. And um, and I feel like the album Scoundrel Days was extremely underrated. I think it was equally as good as their first one, Hunting High and Low, which was an iconic debut album from a band that no one saw coming, honestly. Um, so I felt like Scoundrel Days, maybe it did get the right amount of airplay, video play or whatever, um, worldwide, or not really worldwide, but it got largely ignored in the United States. Only the really, only really people that paid attention were people who were still following AHA. It wasn't like, here's their second album and here's something new to hear by them. It was like, they just, it just sort of like... I mean, I was alive during the 80s. (laughs) I watched MTV constantly, and I heard the radio often, and I never fucking heard anything off of Scoundrel Days on the radio, or I never saw a video on MTV either, which is a shame because, I mean, AHA are quite a tasty trio to look at, especially Morton Harkett. Jesus Christ. Anyhow, before I go on too much of a tangent about how attractive that man is, because it's fucking superhuman as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to talk about, um, since we talked about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hype in the last um, break, I also saw a show in the same week, which is this is weird. It wasn't like I was intentionally seeking out um, stuff about this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde stuff, but Jim had found, Jim, my husband, had found a documentary on probably I think it was on YouTube but it was from um the History Channel it was this thing I think called Lost Travels and it was a it was basically a program that focuses it was trying to like figure out the 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 origins of the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and how Robert Louis Stevenson was supposedly what was he influenced by like what what were the events going on around him that led up to him writing this story? So I'm going and thinking this is more like a, a documentary about the writer. But what it ended up being was a bunch of bullshit. Um, the only good thing I could say about the documentary was that it showed... Well, because the story is supposed to take place in London, but Robert Louis Stevenson was from... <clears throat> he was from Edinburgh, Scotland. Edinburgh, excuse me. I pro- I'm probably not saying that right. Hey, I'm not I'm not from Scotland, so fucking sue me. Kind of wish I was, but whatever. Um, anyhow, so the show um, really talked more or less about... There was basically, basically these two people who were two different investigators, if you want to call them that. One guy that was into architecture and this other woman who was just... I don't know what the fuck her background was, but she wasn't really adding anything except more bullshit to the story. And it was the only the only thing you really learned about in the whole thing was you get you get to see Edinburgh and how it had like this sort of underground tunnel system built under the city that I, don't, I, I they kind of made it out like some of the locals don't even know that it's there that they built a city on top of another city. So you learned that part of it, but. Everything else was all just speculation, bias of, oh, that must be where he got the idea for this or that. It's like these two assholes were almost trying to um, 
almost dis- discredit this guy's Robert Louis Stevenson's writing. I mean, it was a fucking excellent story. Can't they just like go, you know, this guy was talented and he wrote this great story. We'll tell you about his life. No, they they took this different angle of going after old fucking bullshit stories that used to circulate in the pubs. Stuff that occurred even long before he was born. And they're like, yeah, that's got to be where he got this idea. It's like, you've got nothing to bounce this fucking theory off of. How did they even get a television show about this? I don't know. Well... I mean, they got the funding to do a television show. I guess my show is no better. The show that you're listening to now is no better. But hey, <laughs> I'm not getting anything for it. Unless you guys want to um, <clears throat> chip in in some kind of way, which I think I think there's some kind of way I can I can set that up on this. But this is still the pilot episode. And if you guys even want to listen from this point onward, which I don't even know fucking how, because I'm getting bored doing this. Um you know, please, please continue, I guess, is what I'm getting at. I'm losing track of thought here. I should just probably play another song before I fucking completely shoot myself in the foot and just erase everything I just fucking recorded. Um, the next song we're going to play is, but continuing with the letter A as a focus here, we're going to be playing Mark Allman's A Lover Spurned from his 1990 album Enchanted. Enjoy. More guilt to pay A less 
Thank you for listening to my Gurria. I am back. That was the last song you heard was A Lover Spurned by Mark Almond from his 1990 album Enchanted. I've always loved that fucking song. I liked it even... <laughs> I liked it. I liked. I guess I liked Mark Almond when it was unusual. I became a fan of him when it was really unusual to start paying attention to him. Because it was probably around 90, 91... I mean, you probably think, well, didn't you like Soft Cell? Of course I like Soft Cell, but you got to understand, when Soft Cell was at their peak, um, I was probably six years old, seven. And the only group I really listened, there was two bands I only really focused on at that age, and that was the Kinks and the Who. 
Of course I watched everything on MTV. Yeah, and I fell in love with Duran Duran and, and a million other things too, but that's another group. Huge fucking song. Tainted Love, we all fucking know it. That video, I don't think that ever, ever was fucking played on MTV, at least in the United States as a kid. I would have remembered that shit. I have it on a video collection now, but I have a very photographic memory. I can remember shit. My I, my husband freaks out about the things. I, I know what it is even before the, the fucking credits are rolling. That was something that just was not played. Um, and neither were any Mark Allman videos. So my introduction to soft cell really was finding nonstop erotic cabaret on vinyl, looking at the cover and going, what the fuck? This is this, these guys look hilarious. I got to buy this. And I was in high school, um, when grunge was the thing. So yeah, this is, I'm, I'm listening to shit that nobody else is fucking paying attention to. My, my, my timing of things is to- completely off kilter throughout life. It seems so, yeah, I'm I'm fucking listening to shit like Sex Dwarf when I'm like in ninth, tenth grade, and kids are like, "Have you heard of Nirvana?" <laughs> or they're listening to Paula Abdul or some other bullshit like that. So, <clears throat> enough about how I figured out who Mark Allman was, and have managed to stay a fan of his since figuring out who he was, and. <laughs> Man, he's, he's somebody I would love to see in concert at some point, but I, I don't see that fucking happening anytime soon because it looks like concerts are not going to be happening. And that's kind of the problem that's kind of been a real thorn on my side is that, unfortunately, the shit that I really like rarely ever plays in the United States. I mean, I have seen a good amount of shows. I have photographed a good amount of shows. But... There are certain acts that if they come here at all, it's so limited and there's the shit sells out within fucking five seconds. And it's like in maybe two cities. (laughs) I almost sometimes get mad at myself for having tastes that are too obtuse. I mean, maybe I'd be a hell of a lot happier if I just like fucking shit like, I don't know, fucking Brad Paisley and went to the country summer ticket where that fucking stupid tours that happens every year or if I was some fucking moron that like you know I don't even know I I, that's how little I fucking care about new music is all I hear is autotune and I just shut the shit off it's just fucking crap but anyhow since concerts are god knows when they're gonna fucking happen again I'm gonna play a song by the la- the by a performer and this was the last concert I went to last year can't believe it's been almost a fucking year now it's sad um, last year I saw Adam Ant um, at the Cleveland Masonic and he was he was fantastic he was fantastic the time before I seen him which was two years before at the House of Blues in Cleveland um, so without any further ado. I shouldn't say this further ado, it's just too fucking repetitive, but trying to make a segue here. Um, The next song I'll be playing is actually by Adam and the Ants. It's Prince Charming from their Prince Charming album from 1981. This is Prince Charming.
yes another segment that i want to um reoccur here on my agoria that i think is well worth my time and i think everyone could probably listen to this and enjoy a little bit this is the dirty joke segment where i'm going to tell you a joke and then tell you the punchline and guess what none of this shit's gonna be pc surprise surprise All right, so without further ado, here we go. The dirty joke of the week, or the dirty joke of this episode is how I should put it. So here we go. What do you call two men fighting over a slut? Okay, give up. A tug of whore. Isn't that great? That's a good one. All right, hopefully I'll add more dirty jokes in the future here on my Gurria. We're back. That was Adam and the Ants, Prince Charming from their 1981 album, Prince Charming. We're back with my, on my Agoria. I'm Jules Finley, and I wanted to reiterate, I want to encourage 
you listeners to leave me a message at anchor.fm slash and I want you to come up with I don't I really don't care what you say I just hope it's something that fucking makes me laugh because I'm not laughing as I'm doing this show I'm not in a fucking good mood I'm rarely in a good mood to be honest with y'all but oh Jesus Christ I said y'all you all I hate when fucking people say y'all and I'm gonna put that shit right out there right now whenever I fucking see shit online and it's like y'all blah 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 um I don't mind it. Well, actually, I can't say I don't mind it. I don't flinch if I see that this is coming from somebody who's from the South, because y'all has been used down South for ages now. It's anybody in the fucking North saying y'all. Cut the shit. Stop fucking being phony. Say say what is what you actually say in the fucking region you grew up in. I mean, I live in the fucking Midwest now. And there is just some terminology here that I will not fucking say because it makes me fucking just full body cringe. And when I hear other people say it, I just want to choke the fucking shit out of them. Here's a few examples. All right, we have a town called <laughs> Medina. Now, they have enough nerve to fucking say, oh, it's a sister city to, get this, Medina, Spain. Well, if it's a sister city to Medina, Spain, why the fuck are you calling it Medina then? Just stupid shit. Oh, the other thing I can't fucking stand is uh, people call it pop instead of soda. It's fucking soda. Fucking grow up. Oh, another thing that I've heard is... uh, (laughs) This is the one I, I actually almost got in a fucking fight with somebody about, which... I'm not a violent person, but it was just somebody on a, and one of my old ex jobs. I had a coworker who was a just a fucking asshole. That always had to try to one up people all the time, and I just got just sick of her shit one day. And I usually kept to myself and just you know the, I wasn't I wasn't as flippant as I'm being right now. Well, she decided, to, or well, I, the, the situation was. There's a street in downtown Cleveland, and someone was asking me about, there was like a, I remember the day there was a, they had like this, the the circus that was coming to the area decided to block off streets in downtown Cleveland and walk the elephants through the street. And um, I was like looking in the, the building I was working in at the time was a very, you know, high skyscraper where you can look down and see streets below and I was like looking out the window and people are like somebody in the office like well where where are they now and I said oh they're um the elephants are heading to Carnegie Avenue okay Carnegie that that was the problem here so this fucking bitch goes it's not Carnegie it's Carnegie I'm just like oh really how do you get to Carnegie Hall practice practice yeah Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> Enough about that. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I, I guess I had to throw something in here of, of my fucking bitterness I have towards many people in this ugly world. And speaking of bitter, I think it's at this point I should play a song by a band that starts at the letter A 
that is so fucking shitty. I can't even believe I have this piece of shit in my fucking collection. And if any of you actually want this, this is a good time to go to that website of anchor.fm slash and leave me a message and tell, and, and tell me that you want this and I'll only charge you the shipping for it. So the next song is by Atari Teenage Riot. This song is called Fuck All. I can't even get through this whole song. That's it. I got to play something else that I can't fucking take Atari Teenage Riot. That, that's fucking horrendous. Um, like I said, if you want this piece of shit album, you want to take it off my hands, go to anchor.fm slash Leave me a voicemail. By the way, that's another thing I want to say about the voicemails. I could play those voicemails in a, in a later episode. So leave me a fucking good one. If you... I, I, I don't see why you wouldn't do it at this point. If you're actually listening, the best way for me to even continue on with this, because I'm getting sick of talking to myself here, is to leave me a message so I have some, some shit to bounce off of in the next episode. Anyhow, back to playing music that's actually good. This next song, another artist, begins with the letter A. This is uh, from his 1998 album. This is Barry Adamson with Jazz Devil from the as above, so below album. Enjoy. When God appeared before me, I was drowning in my pool. Jazz Devil. 
with My Gurria. Last song you heard was by the magnificent Barry Adamson, Jazz Devil, from his 1998 album As Above, So Below, available on Mute Records. 
look at me like doing a little plug for mute there. I, sh I shouldn't even bother. I'm not getting anything out of this. Anyhow, um, since this show has mostly been music focused, I guess, and me just rambling on incessantly about shit that even I don't care about, um, I have played five five artists so far. All of them have been male, none female. Now, before you think, does, does is she against female musicians? No, I mean that's just fucking stupid right there to even remotely think that. But do I like male musicians more? I guess so by the 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 ratio in my music collection. <laughs> I guess that's what my where my tastes tend to go. So if there's um. A higher amount of male musicians on this this and future broadcasts. I'm sorry, but that's just what I have. And that's the other thing. I'm only playing shit that's in my collection. I'm not fucking looking for crap on iTunes or, you know, what's on my Spotify playlist or whatever. I'm not streaming anything. All this shit I'm playing, I have the form. I have it in my my library. I have taken the liberties of transferring what I have into a digital format to mix into this show. So yeah, some of it came from vinyl. I'm not telling you which ones. At least one came from a cassette. Ain't going to tell you that either. But I will tell you this. The next artist is a, is a female musician. <laughs> and excellent vocalists. This is not in English. That's okay. Um, and it is a cover song. Um, the artist that I'm about to play is Natasha Atlas, and the song is Mon Ami La Rose, which was originally done by Francois Hardy back in the 60s. But Natasha covered this one in 1998. Again, not one fucking song you're going to hear in this show is, is going to come out after the year 2000. I might stick to that as a, uh, as a template. I don't know. But anyhow, yeah, this is Mon Ami, Mon Ami La Rose by Natasha Atlas from her 1998 album, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Jadida. On est bien peu de choses, et mon ami la rose me l'a dit ce matin. À l'aurore, je suis né, baptisé de rosée. Je me suis épanouie, heureuse et amoureuse, au rayon du soleil. Me suis fermée la nuit, me suis réveillée vieille. Pourtant j'étais très belle, oui, j'étais la plus belle des fleurs de ton jardin. Poussière pour toujours de 
with my Gurria. The last song you heard was Mona Mila Rose by Natasha Atlas. What a fantastic fucking cover that was. I mean, the original's a beautiful song, but I, one of the few rare cases where I actually, I think I do like the cover better. Strange, I mean, actually, I like the music in the original better, but Natasha Atlas has a, has a better voice than Francois and Hardy had. Francois's voice was very nice too, but like Natasha's is, I mean, you just heard it. Fabulous. It's fucking fabulous. Her voice is beautiful. Um, I'm getting kind of to the point where I want to wind this show down because I'm pretty tired of talking to myself at this point. So with that in mind, um, since we're, this, this has been, I guess we could call this show episode a, (laughs) a for asshole. Um, I'm going to, I must definitely start winding this down, but I do want to plug that one more time. I want you guys to leave me a message because I want to play this shit in a later episode. It'll be fucking, it'll be great. It probably won't be great, but I'm just saying that just, just to get you shitheads motivated enough to fucking do it. 
Um, go to anchor.fm slash migraria, and I'll spell migraria again, M-I-G-R-A-R-R-H-E-A. And the last song I'm going to play on this, actually, the artist doesn't start with A, but the song does. And the reason I'm doing it this way is I kind of figured this would be a good way to, to end the show, because this has been a large, largely music-focused show. And uh, it's probably going to stay that way. And the reason being I'm into music as much as I am, it really comes down to this one band, and that would be the Kinks. That was my first obsession with music. They are still my favorite band. Nothing has replaced them. As much as I've tried to replace them, I guess, in some ways, uh, it never worked. Nothing, nothing Nothing ever made me as happy as listening to them. And ironically, since I'm saying I get happy listening to listening to the Kinks, the song I'm going to end the show with <laughs> is called "Aggravation," and it came out in 1989. It was from probably one of their least well-received albums, known as "UK Jive," and this song. All I can say is you can actually feel this song. If you if you have you ever been so fucking pissed and frustrated with life, reality, people around you, just just feeling so nihilistic, you just but you don't want to kill anybody either. That's the thing. Is you just you you're just full of just disgust, disdain, just everything makes you want to puke. This song sums it up beautifully and that's what I'm going to end this show with from 1989's UK Jive, this is The Kinks, with Aggravation. Life grinds on day after day In the city streets and motherways The tension spreads just like a plague Killing reason on the way Like wildfire it spreads through the nation Choking us with aggravation
while traffic jams and tempers break The city streets are full of hate The lights are red, it's all too late Vision in my mind, my body and my soul There's no solution to it all It's out of control Everybody back by And now we can't turn back The future's bleak I got a mean appetite I gotta get my daily fix Of aggravation I Don't push me cause I'm really pumped I'm ready when you are punk So step aside unless you're dumb I'm all Pollution in the atmosphere The ozone's gonna nest on fun Eventually- 